The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright, and we're Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Check, 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 check. I'm passing it's Chris this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the quarantine series of the Potterhood Podcast. Damn it, I'm Nico White. I'm Will Potsman. Come on, and who is our producer? Max Marcus. And we are the Potterhood Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Will, what episode is this of this quarantine? This is 29. Next episode... By the end of this year, we will have 30-plus episodes in quarantine. Hey, fam, the fact that we're alive to see 30-plus episodes in quarantine is a bit of a blessing, is it not? Yeah, no, you could go through the quarantine episodes and see our general unease with the pandemic go in, like, different waves, especially when the shift – it's crazy that when the shift first started and first really hit New York and North Jersey – we kept doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, well at, wow. what point, at what point do we have more quarantine episodes than our regular episodes? <laughs> if this goes in the next year, like after, um, if it goes to around this time next year. <laughs> that's how they should, that's how they should like evaluate the, that should be a negative evaluation on the Trump presidency. Like, and the Potterhood had to put out more episodes in quarantine yeah. than they even had previous to. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's all pray to Dumbledore that that doesn't happen, okay? <laughs> and this episode is a nice episode because, amongst other things, we have something to celebrate. You know what I'm saying? Or at least God knows I do. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever you hear this episode, I will have or... We'll be about to release my new comedy special, Dark Out, which you can find on YouTube. Just type in Nico White, Dark Out, N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-D-A-R-K-O-U-T on YouTube. If you have Instagram, I'll have it. It'll be everywhere on every place that I have. Okay? It'll be it'll be out because this will come out the Wednesday. Your, your special will have come out the day before this comes out. So it'll definitely oh, be Oh, perfect. Perfect. So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure after you listen to this dope episode, you go on and you run the YouTube. Like, <laughs> share if you like it. If you like the special, share it with 10 people. Do it for me. Share it with them personally, like through text or something. Like, hey, watch this guy. And sometimes they like it, share it with 10 people. Okay? That's all I ask. So that's my request from the part of hood to you on Nico White's behalf. Do that for your boy. Huh? I think they will. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for y'all to get to see it, dog. I feel um, 
I feel good about it. But we'll talk more about that all later. Will, who are we sorting? Well, uh, it's the beginning of December. Uh-huh. Tis the season, and we're going to sort season. Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm going to let – I got a DiGiorno pizza in the oven. It's about time for me to take it out. So I'm going to let you and Max handle this. So y'all just go until I cut the pizza. Okay, cool. No, the Jews will go first on sorting Santa Claus. <laughs> I was trying not to say it. <laughs> By the way, you cancel cucks. I'm only messing around, okay? You're not talking to my friends that have fun. <laughs> so I'm, I'm leaning toward – Max, do you want to go first? I think I... No, you start. Okay, so I'm leaning towards Bobaton just off of how he dresses. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's... It's too festive for Hogwarts. But that being said, if I'm really going to... So what do I know about Santa Claus? I know that he gives presents to kids, you know, just Christian kids, which, you know, I always had issues with, but that's fine. Um, I get... I understand why Santa Claus only feels the need to give presents to the Christian kids. But um, I know that he gives presents. I know that he's like pretty, he's all about fairness. He feels like a Hufflepuff, but then also Bobaton too. I'm leaning towards Bobaton just because I think he eats well. And I think that Bobaton has the best food of any. I would bet Bobaton has better food than Hogwarts. That's just probably Mm -hmm. some like, French bias, but yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go Bobaton, but you could convince me Hufflepuff also. Yeah, I was I was kind of between Hufflepuff and it's like Slytherin. I think he's in, okay. I think he's in one of those. I think my argument for Slytherin is that he well, first off, he's only bringing them to Christians. He's like keeping. Uh, we always talk about sure. Jews, but you know, he doesn't bring presents to uh, Jews or Muslims or I guess anyone else. It's just Christians. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's Rastafarians, all yeah, especially so, not Jehovah's Witnesses. They, yeah, they, they well, they're rejecting him. Um, <laughs> but they're uh, so yeah. That's kind of kind of the uh, it's kind of like a pure blood bias. I think it kind of feels a little bit yeah like, like okay. that. And it's all about like connections and like it's like you need to be good. You need to you need to um you need to like be of like what he deems the right character to to benefit so i think i think he's pretty i, I think he's a slytherin i think uh i think okay it's, it's not very slytherin <laughs> i like it and you you know he works his elves ragged and doesn't really yeah they're know, house elves he's uh is santa claus lucius malfoy is that <laughs> yeah that's okay that's an interesting wrinkle i mean you know narcissa and mrs claus both have to take a back seat I would say he's not Lucius Malfoy because I think he's a lot more competent than Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. If I'm going to pick a comp in Harry Potter for Santa Claus and I'm going to give him the least favorable reading, I think I'd go with like Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> yeah. If I'm but if I'm being as mean, but if I'm being as nice as possible, I think I go with someone like So I said Hufflepuff. I think I I think Cedric Diggory and Santa Claus actually do have some stuff in common. Like they want the glory, but they also want to pretend that they don't want the glory. They want to right. pretend it's just about the the community and you know everybody else. Yeah, I think Cedric Diggory is my best comp for Santa Claus. All right. So I heard. Um, I heard we all sorted. We all sorted them, and I think you're all being rather nice. Max had the um, best the best comparison <laughs> thus far, though. I think. Um, I agree with everything you said about Santa Claus being real elitist. You know what I'm saying? Like if he was in that world, I don't think it would um 
I don't think it would manifest into anything good. That whole, oh, if you do good, you can be rewarded. Yeah, if, if they do your kind of good, you know what I'm saying? It's a real certain good you have to do to be um, rewarded when it comes to Santa Claus, this whole thing. And also, I always thought this ever since I was a kid, that Santa Claus is like, if he were real, he would be canceled immediately. Just because <laughs> the whole thing is kind of odd, don't you think? It's breaking and entering into people's homes every year. You know what I'm saying? And stalking their kids. To this day, the Christmas carols are creepy. And I yeah. stand by that. So I'm sorting Santa Claus into Azkaban. <laughs> yeah, okay, you'll go all the way. Because I think, I think his interest in kids is a bit weird. I think it's illegal. And the fact that parents make their children look up to somebody like this, someone that should be praised, is kind of awkward to me. Because if it were anyone else, you would warn your children to stay away from a guy like that. Okay. I mean, this is like, this does not bode well for if we ever sort, uh, sort Willy Wonka. Like, nah, I'm, just, I'm just saying that's weird. <laughs> it is that's weird. weird. Do you think around uh, Christmas time at Hogwarts, mm-hmm. uh, Dumbledore ever forced Haggard to dress up like Santa? Absolutely not. I feel like <laughs> Dumbledore, Dumbledore is the type of character where if anybody else got any more credit, he wouldn't stand for it. <laughs> I feel like Dumbledore has everyone that's in Hogwarts think that he's the person that provides absolutely everything, no matter what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so Azkaban. Now, of course, I could be wrong. We're describing fictional characters, but I'm pretty sure the Santa Claus would have been arrested in any real universe. Ours especially. Got children. They yo yo. That, it's inappropriate. But every year they take children to sit on Santa Claus's lap, fam. It is weird. I mean, you're right. It is weird. Like, he's going into their house. They're sitting on the lap. It's and it, it's just like if there was a guy in the community who had no kids, who all year made toys for all the kids, and all he wanted in return was for them to sit on his lap, you just wouldn't trust uh, that guy. Okay, there we go. Y'all cut out for a second. Go ahead. Yeah, I just it is it is a sketchy thing. Um, yeah, it's sketchy, bro. You would would you take? Well, actually, yeah, that's a good question. Now knowing that, you gonna take your daughter to see Santa Claus? Well, you probably can't this year, but. So, I think that the fact that the real guy has been dead for hundreds and hundreds of years, I mm-hmm. think we'd be fine with it. Like she can see Santa Claus, she can wave at Santa Claus. I'm not sitting. I'm not letting her sit on Santa Claus's lap, but also like I'm not waiting in a line for her to sit in Santa Claus's lap. Like to me, yo, yo, that job is probably dead now, fam. Can you imagine <laughs> that job bouncing back after COVID nineteen? Yeah, that's gone. You're right, and it should be. Oh, that's so sad, yo. R.I.P. to the Santas, fam. Yeah, but now we only want to see them lined up in Jersey on SantaCon. I feel like Santa. It should be virtual, like. You can mm-hmm. zoom with Santa Claus. Let's put give him a, a North Pole green screen. Like, well, the first first of all, Santa wouldn't be creep wouldn't be creepy if he was. Uh, never mind, I ain't gonna say that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Actually, I know you're gonna say Sa- Santa Claus wouldn't be creepy if he was black, man. I'm just saying he wouldn't be creepy <laughs> because that gesture is very much like a you know like a like the rich guy that's around. You know what I'm saying? Like the rich guy doesn't know how to save money. Oh, you want a gift? I got a gift. There you go. Boom. Keep keep doing good in school. That's what you know. Hey, that's what people around here do. 
I remember yeah. when I would um go to school, the people that would um hang out, if you were a quote, good kid, went to school, got your grades right, you know. Oh, your parents say you got a good report card. There you go. That's $20. Yeah. As opposed to, he knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you awake. I wouldn't even, no, that's that, nah. No. Well, that's, I mean, the thing is, that's if you soft take kids, out, bro, about a grown man. If you take out the part What's of Michael Jackson, um, <laughs> what Michael Jackson got in trouble for, huh? Shit like that. That's true. Well, so here, okay, so here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Why why can't he just leave the presents on the doorstep? Why does he have to make Right, it why do you have to house? come down the chimney? And that's so elitist too. Yeah, people who don't have They chimneys. have to have a chimney? I, I've never had a chimney, dog. <laughs> but the elitism does bode well for him not being a pedophile because no pedophile's like, He's oh, just a only kids with chimney. Dog. You think, do you believe there are stuck-up pedophiles? kids parents that have money. Like, probably, yeah. I think there probably are. That I mean, that's that's a shame, but it, I guess it's also better if they're stuck up because there's less victims. Well, you think it's more down-to-earth pedophiles? Right. I think that pedophiles... Like, you, I think you, pedophiles... You want them to be humble? I don't think they're choosy. I think that they're mostly opportunists. Like, do you think that... Well, I guess Fender Grayback's kind of a stuck-up pedophile because he's only biting the kids of people... That wow. We brought it back. We are the greatest part <laughs> Harry Potter podcast out there, period. And don't you ever, don't you ever try to challenge us. Who ever. would have thought we would have brought that runaway Hold train on. back do you to under, Harry do you, Potter? Do you understand what y'all are listening to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if there are other so, Harry Potter podcasts, but I want you to know you are inferior to us. Okay? Even if you get more listeners than we do, you are inferior because our listeners are much better than your listeners. <laughs> They smell better. <laughs> they think better. <laughs> I love I, y'all. Bro. I appreciate them too. I um, me too. Um, so Harry Potter or so Santa Claus gets to Azkaban. Mm-hmm. How does Santa Claus do in Azkaban? What do we think? Um, it depends on which ward they put him in. I, since they don't send kids to Azkaban, I think he's gonna have a horrible time. <laughs> I think Santa Claus does well in Azkaban because if we're I actually think so too. I, I don't think he becomes a death eater though. No, I don't I think like Santa Claus his own evil group. I mean Santa Claus, think but about how beloved house elves. How, how beloved Santa Claus is, knowing what we know about him going into people's houses, demanding that kids sit on his lap for compensation for their gifts. Did but you, people do you love understand Santa Claus. how creepy he is? It is weird. But he gets to Azkaban, he's got, he probably flips the narrative there too. I bet you he's like the first person ever to be popular with the Dementors. Like, even they love him. No, they, yeah, they would love him because he's happy and cheery. He'd be a, a snack. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He'd be, yo, they kill Santa Claus so quick. I think he would, so I think he would just willpower through it. But you know what would happened. be crazy? Imagine if Voldemort does break out Death Eaters and Santa Claus just so happens to summon one of his reindeer. Like, that's his hard press. He flies <laughs> away on that shit. He doesn't escape with Voldemort. Like I say, he ain't going to be a Death Eater. But he just yeah. gets right back to Or he does become a um, Death Eater, and he's the one that has to kill Vold- has to kill um, Dumbledore to see who has the best embroidered robe. <laughs> be, a, be red versus purple. It would be yeah, epic. I'm glad that won't work. No, that, mm-hmm. 
It would be red versus purple. It would be epic. It would be... Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> that'd be the fight they all looking forward to, like Michael, like Mike Tyson versus um Roy. Yeah. It would be like if Lil Wayne and Prince ever had, like, beef because they'd be wearing that, the that, same that clothes, would be so red funny. and purple. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't get... I, I Again... Santa Claus has always been a weird character to me, but I'm putting him in Azkaban, no question. I think he okay. would do poorly because of the Dementors primarily, but if Dementors don't kill him, then I think he escapes and just does goes back to what he was doing or does his own thing. But the, the spirit, like the gesture of Santa Claus, what it's supposed to mean like in fairy tale, I would sort that into um, Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. All right, cool. Well, now, let's go from this week. We have a dope, dope deep dive. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're jumping into Tom Ravallo Riddle, also known as Lord Voldemort. Bro, where do we, where do we even begin? It's the main antagonist of the Harry Potter story, dog. Well, first, uh, let's start with the name. So Voldemort in Latin means flight of death. And in French means stealer of death. So what do we think that J.K. Rowling is, what name do you think that she is going for? Like the French meaning, which is like stealer of death, or the Latin meaning, which means like flight of death. So I guess stealer of death means he's stealing death left and right. Uh, Flight of death means that everywhere he's going, he's taking death with them. Which one to you feels more like Voldemort. And I guess I'll start with this one. I, Cause I went back and forth. I'm like, is he, is he like stealing death from the living, like creating death or is he just like everywhere he flies creating death? And I don't know. I went with a, uh, I went with a uh, flight of death because just like the way he is flying around and stuff. And, uh, I don't know. Stealer of death, it just feels clunky. It's it's just a weird sentence, you know? <laughs> that is clunky. That's the Latin? No, that's the French one. In French, it means, like, stealer of death. And I also oh. don't really feel like he's stealing, like, he's stealing life to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. killing people is stealing life. And then also, like, he's stealing life because he shouldn't exist. Like, he should have died when Harry killed him. So, stealing death is a weird way to frame it. So that's why I feel like she was going for flight of death. Also, she made it so he can fly, which is a thing that I didn't like. I didn't like that Voldemort could fly on his own. I didn't like that Snape could fly on his own. Yeah. But, you know, he can fly. So I'm going flight of death for me. Okay. So for me, I'm just caught up in the metaphor of it all, right? Because like you said, he should have died when Harry killed him, even though that's what ended up happening anyway. He only prolonged the inevitable. You know what I'm saying? And it's weird because he made himself more cursed by doing that. If he'd have been just been evil and died, he would have, I guess, went to regular hell. Because the way Dumbledore made it seem is that wherever he ended up is worse than that. Yeah. Like it's that weird between place. He's just in purgatory. It's eternal torture. You don't even get a decision made on you. Yeah, that's. I think that's a byproduct of him splitting his soul because since his right. soul's all split up, and it makes you mm-hmm. go, well, if you have, if you have like two halves of your soul, 
then mm. in the afterlife, can they come back together and get you into heaven like a buddy cop movie? But mm-hmm. once once your soul's in seven pieces and they're all dying at different times, it's also like a weird thing because the embryo of his soul in Platform 9 and 3 quarters, all it does is just burn in the sunlight. Like, it's not cognizant, you know? It's, right. It's just weird to punish somebody and they don't even really understand why they're being punished at that point. But see that, but that's why I'm saying it's so deep that you um, made the connection with that because think about Voldemort himself. He doesn't really know why he's the way he is anyway. His mom got that guy with love potion. That's not really him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everything that he had to absorb, he doesn't know anything outside of what his ambitions were. He know he didn't know love. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that he ended up that way. But you said that his name also was supposed to mean, in one sense, the like somebody to escape death or something like that. No, flight of death. Like, like he's death personified, flying around. Mm-hmm. So he's got stealer of death, and he's got flight of death. Hmm. I think they both describe him perfectly. They do because but, yeah. It's almost even, right? He killed how many people? Like 40, Multitudes. 50. <laughs> yeah. 40, 50, right? Now, it was all in an attempt to avoid dying. You know what I'm saying? He's straight up evil, but he really did want to not die, only to end up dead by the same person who killed him the first time. <laughs> he just kept going in that same vicious circle, bro. Yeah. So I think both that I, I actually I'm gonna take the middle on this and I'm gonna say both um both things were right because I think both things came to pass. What was your what was your least favorite thing about Voldemort? Like mm. what was the what was the quality of his that you would change to make him better? Because I that have there was one, no- yeah go for it. There was nothing redeeming about him. There was never any moment where he showed that he could be a scrupulous, honorable person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that way it didn't make it, it didn't make it easy for me to see his side. You know what I'm saying? It actually made it really um hard to see his side. It made it it actually made him a little bit ridiculous to empathize with. And I think that's good sometimes, but he didn't smite enough main characters personally for him to not have been at least a little bit redeemable for me. Right. If he would have ended up killing somebody like Molly Weasley and not just torturing um, Arthur Weasley, if he would have killed Arthur Weasley, then that would have made it a little bit better for me if he was just that evil. But if he wasn't going to be involved in directly killing more people than he already had, then I think there should have been something that made that character more relatable to people that agree with Harry. Yeah. Because they did enough to make Harry look like he could fall into being Voldemort, but they never did anything about Voldemort looking like he could have at one point been what Harry is. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. I mean, I think for me, the thing was like he's low-key a huge coward, and it's just very frustrating because Mm -hmm. he's so powerful, but he really is paralyzed by his fear. I mean, you think about... And we'll get to this next when we talk about favorite Voldemorts. But mm-hmm. you think about all of the different opportunities he had to do something grandiose and mm-hmm. like be um, 
the thing that kept you from really fearing him as a villain is you knew that he wasn't going to do his own dirty work because he was right. so scared of death. Yeah. But it's like, if only one person beat you, who are you afraid of? Yeah, and then the other thing is that he didn't really care about anybody that worked with him exactly. except maybe Bellatrix as a resource, but like... The that's fact- a big maybe. Yeah, and the fact that everybody that worked for him was so expendable actually mm-hmm. made him less formidable because, like, think about if he swoops in and rescues Barty Crouch Jr. Barty mm-hmm. Crouch Jr. is a huge asset. Barty Crouch Jr. is the kind of guy who can kill Dumbledore or kill yeah. McGonagall. Like, he's going to at least give you a shot at it, you know? Why would you even put somebody as important as him? Not, and not that anybody should ever run a crime syndicate, but why would you put somebody that important in that position knowing that the job is cursed, fool? Yeah. They bound to get found it. out. And you cursed it. You cursed it. Lift the curse for that year. Yeah. You know. Yeah, him him not having any um anything for his because he had he didn't even have love for his own people when you think about it. Because if he None. was willing to kill pure blooded wizards, then again, it takes away that part of it where it's like a villain like Magneto. Magneto, if you read um comic books or if you know the X-Men franchise, Magneto's a mutant. And he just so happens to be Jewish. And he came up in the Holocaust um, era of Germany, right? So he's seen what happened under the wrath of tyrannical governments when they want to kill people for no reason, right? So because of that, when he finds out when he finds out that he has mutant powers, he goes above and beyond to try to protect people like him. And if you threaten them, he's down to kill everybody, right? Voldemort didn't even have that. It wasn't like, a, oh, well, I'm here to protect all wizards. It's more of, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. It's got to be 100,000 giant statues of me, and whoever got to die for that to happen has to happen. Yeah, I actually think, um, and we, you know, we throw a lot of criticisms at Cursed Child, but one of yeah. the things that made the villain of Cursed Child more interesting in some ways than Voldemort was that mm-hmm. she loves Voldemort in a way that connects her to something. And uh, the fact that Voldemort is so, is such like a free agent with everything, like he'll just go mm-hmm. to, and you, you wonder, hey, if you're so scared of, of repercussions or whatever, like why not try to conquer not Britain? Like Dumbledore is the best wizard in the world. Just go conquer. And that's another thing. Else. I always felt like, he wasn't ambitious enough. You would think, yeah. okay, if you have this army that's that big in Great Britain, you would build satellite armies in other places. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you got an army know? in Great Britain, you start the army in America. Yeah, I think that he just didn't want that moment in the graveyard where all these Death Eaters are apparating, and then you catch the one from Cleveland, <laughs> and you got like this fat Ohio Death Eater with his cloak halfway it's still not over his waist. And he's like, okay, Voldemort, what are we doing? He's like super casual. He's like, okay, uh, Tom. And he's like, no, Lord Voldemort. He's like, sure, Tom. Your name is Tom, fam. (laughs) I feel like that wouldn't work in other places. That's probably why he didn't expand his army. They were only down to go for that in Great Britain. Yeah, you got to tell you, ain't nobody going for that in America. 
San Diego Death Eaters showing up in sandals. <laughs> y'all need to, what's all this rain y'all got out here? Why is it gloomy all the time? We know magic. We should be able to see the sky. I would, I would love, not that I wanted to exist, I would love an American ensemble Death Eater army. Just from all over oh, the we, country. We, we already know what that looked like. That's true. Yeah, but I want more diversity hoods, They in set mind. fires. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. They, uh, the American, the American uh, Death Eaters. They, they, they wear hoods. Really they like, set fires. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, they uh, they don't wear black. <laughs> they yeah. and uh, they're all about yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So let's go to Favor Voldemort. Which book um, is Favor Voldemort? Books, movies, or both? I would I would thought movies in my head. Okay. But yeah, let's do both. So both is better. In the books, my favorite Voldemort was definitely Voldemort in the Order of Phoenix. Voldemort actually stood up to Dumbledore and he actually fought him. It seemed like it was more than a fair fight. I don't know if um, Voldemort would have won. I don't know if Dumbledore would have won. It actually wasn't that clear, which I appreciated. Um, in the movies, I liked Voldemort, but I think in the fourth movie, I liked him the best because the way he showed up was powerful. Kill the spell. Dead. On arrival. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not playing there's no games here. I'm really evil. Like, I know, I know y'all have had Sirius Black and called him a murderer, but we didn't see Sirius kill anyone. Like, as soon as Voldemort showed up, it was on point. And that's more people that he just murked in front of Harry. Because yeah, he got Harry when he was a baby, killing his parents, and now Cedric Diggory. He's killed a lot of people in Harry's presence. I'm surprised more souls haven't latched on to Harry's soul by now. Yeah, I think I agree with you, though, that book four, that's the one that jumps out at me as my favorite because he's got so much potential. He just got his body back. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get, yep. Just a rampage, just start killing people like crazy. Mm -hmm. It's so exciting. And then book five, he dips a toe in the water, and then by book six, it's like, oh, he's he's scared. He's letting everybody else It's that Santa Claus thing. like, why you only want to mess with the kids, man? <laughs> yeah, you think Santa Claus? Bring Harry to me in the dark forest. Why? Santa Just go Claus, get him. Santa Claus probably like saw a prophecy that you give. He's gonna die giving a present to an adult with no kids. So he's like <laughs> really cautious. That's so funny. But yeah, man, I, I really want to know what was his um, thing. Considering Harry was the only person that killed him, you would think he would want to engage Harry the least. Why not just go murk everybody else on your own? Well, that's that's the thing about why he needs more American Death Eaters because mm -hmm. these British Death Eaters, they all go after kids like straight out of the Home Alone movies. They just, there's no discipline, no ruthlessness. But, you know, in America, we'll... I don't know. We'll, we will throw a – we won't be delicate with human life. Like, if he had some American Death Eaters, Americans, we will do some terrible shit, and then once it's done, then we react to it, whatever. But, like, yeah. you know, Americans are – I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. It's but, all right. It's all right. I know, I know where I'm going. At the end of the day, 
when it came down to book four and when it comes down to Voldemort in general, like you said earlier, his confidence just seems to dip and you go, well, why? You're so much smarter than everyone else. You can pierce into Harry's mind all of these tricks that you should be using. Why do you even trust Snape when you can break into Harry's mind? Yeah, that's that's the thing. His low self-esteem is a huge problem. Voldemort, Bro, if he would have looked in Harry's mind, which was susceptible at the time that he met him, he would have known that Snape is with the Order of the Phoenix or something like that, right? Yeah, but I would argue that Snape's so good at occlumency that there's no looking into... Well, I guess Harry remembers Snape. Yeah, you're right. Harry remembers seeing Snape earlier in that book at the um, Order of the Phoenix's um, headquarters. But remember, Voldemort thinks that Snape is like a double agent spy. And wouldn't you want to keep up on your double agent spy? Yeah, but he knows that Snape's in the Order of the Phoenix. That's what I'm saying. But, bro, again, how could you trust somebody like Snape implicitly? Well, the whole thing with Voldemort and Snape... And I know that's like Dumbledore's whole strategy. I'm just saying he shouldn't have been that much more ahead of Voldemort. Voldemort should have been a little bit more strategic than that. Well, Especially remember, if he's supposed to be evil personified. Even remember, though he killed Snape anyway, so I guess it ends up being fine. So remember that Voldemort, his mom's a, a witch and his dad's a muggle. Snape has the same dynamic. Voldemort assumes that both of them hate their muggle fathers. So he kind of... He just assumes that Snape is more similar to him. He doesn't get the big difference between Snape and Voldemort is that Snape's mother loved him. Yeah, go Bro, there's another another big difference, and it makes so much sense now. Snape is not a coward. It's one thing he's not. He's a lot of things. Snape is not a coward, and you know Snape takes... He takes particular um, exception to being called a coward of all things. You know what I mean? Call him a coward. It, he has a reaction that, like, you would think they, someone would have being called mudblood, right? So, mm-hmm. knowing that, that might be the difference. Voldemort, like you said, is cowardly. Yeah. Snape's the opposite of that. He was on the wrong side of things, in my opinion, but he was on the opposite side of that. So, that's, wow, that actually blew my mind. No, that's a, that's a really great... Well done. Uh, no, well done by you. That's a really great uh, call and, like, a a really what specific you, detail. What you said led me there, family. No, that's Max, that's who's the, your um, favorite Voldemort, Count? Um, my favorite Voldemort is definitely um, Order of the Phoenix fighting Dumbledore in the uh, in the Ministry. I just think uh, it's the coolest one. It's also uh, I guess it's just throughout the whole movie, just him like uh, oh no, do you know what my favorite um, Voldemort is? It's in the movie when um, Harry's at the train station and he just has a vision of Voldemort just wearing a, a suit. suit for no reason. That's my, <laughs> that's my favorite Voldemort. He's <laughs> just wearing a suit for no reason. For no reason. But yeah, you ain't even know Banana Republic was sell to me, did you? <laughs> yeah, it's Voldemort's like, yeah, I killed your parents and this is Versace. <laughs> <laughs> this is the craziest part. Nobody else saw? Yeah. I don't think I don't nobody like else saw. That's how Harry should have known he was seeing things. Yeah, it's like okay. Now I know. I know if that was Voldemort, people yeah. would at least be screaming. Yeah, or that anyone else would be like, "Why is he wearing a suit?" <laughs> I mean, yeah. hey, boss, where your cloak at? <laughs> this is this is another reason why we need recreational drug use in the world of Harry Potter. Mm. Like, 
There just needs to be some version of magic weed at Hogwarts. Like if they got these candies that can taste. Well, how like you think flavor. Voldemort got in that suit? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Voldemort, and George, he, he stopped by Hagrid's, bro. Fred and George rooms. The fact that Weasley, Weasley Wizarding Weezes doesn't sell any edible anything. That's a problem. Not if you're snitching. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, no. If uh, if you're in the know, you think, if you go to the back room, poor they whole life, and then all of a sudden they could just afford a joke shop dog that Harry helped them out with. Sure. <laughs> right, right. Sound like a drug connected to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean they got the they got the candy that makes you have a fever and stuff. Let's mm-hmm. let's get some good symptoms going on here. You, you, I don't know, dog. I think I think you might not you might not be understanding what they're telling you in J.K.'s book, fam. You look it up. Were they in Diagon Alley? Yeah. Right. Bro, think about all the backdoor stuff that happens down there, dog. Just think yeah. about what we've seen with Hagrid himself going to buy, like, Nocturne Alley, all that, dragons and shit. It's all types of crazy things happening down there. I'm sure that, I'm sure the wheezy, wizarding wheezes, <laughs> I'm sure that that has, um, like, some speakeasy vibe to it, too. Oh, for sure. No, you're like right. Like the weird that, sisters or whatever come play there at four in the morning doing burlesque shows and shit. <laughs> There's like a hipster wizard community that's super into that place that like sends owls about it. That's the only way. Drinking you Drinking artisanal pumpkin juice. It does sound fun. Well, yeah, they got butterbeer. So if they got alcohol, they need a version of some of the other stuff. Just saying. So here's my question for um, Voldemort. So considering that we diving deep into the character, do you think that Voldemort had a point for wanting the Wizarding World to be the way he wanted it with magical people just on top of everyone and everyone else is basically being at their feet? Is there anything that could have happened to him that makes you think, okay, I can understand how he arrived to that conclusion? Or is it one of those things you go, no, it's just he's pure evil and that's it? I think that some of it is trying to recreate the structure of his childhood. Like he's in the orphanage, magical people on top of the orphanage puts him at the very top of that power dynamic. But I think that the bigger part of it is just like a Joseph Stalin thing of you want to be in charge. So you create a, a like a blueprint where you're at the very top and your people are right under you. Cause those are the only people you trust. And right. it's, it's just an ends to a means like he wants to have as much power as possible. Endless echo chamber. Yeah. Oh my God. You wait, wait, you led me to something else. So okay. you remember how homie was in an orphanage, right? And when you look at that, the way he set up his death eaters and you think about the way group homes and things like that run, you have the person that's at the top, you have their, um, and you have like the 13 or 14 people that are directly around them that take and they take care of all of the kids. For all we know, Voldemort could have been enacting the same ways that, um, the same structural ways that he was brought up in. So what I'm saying is he's at the top, right? And he has his main executive officers, the Death Eaters, right? But he has some that are in higher ranks than others. You have people like Lucius, you have people like Bellatrix, right? Then you have the ones that are expendable. Barty Crouch, Fenrir Greyback, um, so on and so forth. You have some people that are capable like Dolohov. And then you have, you know, your pawns. Like in orphanage or group home, you have your snitch. 
You know what I'm saying? That person's yeah. going to come around and tell other people, oh, this person's doing that, this person's doing this. Voldemort and has then, like Krabby and Goyle in them. Yep. And you also have your Snape. You have the person that's seeing the stuff happen here that's going to tell other people like, yo, shit is bad over here. <laughs> and there's people like Voldemort, like he was, if you're in one of those situations where you think that person that's working for the other side is working with you still, right? But no, they're not, dog. They really are telling the state that, no, things are messed up over here and we need to do something about this. You know, so... Yeah, I think that might be it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that I think there might be something to that because I don't how how long was he at the group homes? Was he there? Did he spend more time in those places or did he spend more time with his parents first? He spent the exact same amount of time at the group homes that Harry spent in the Dursleys. Oh my god. Yeah, that's so that's what he learned. Yep. And now, if you think about it, that's kind of what Harry learned. You know what I'm saying? Kind of a um, aloof dad when it came to things. But would you say, never mind, that's a question more for Harry Potter himself. Yeah. Because you know, I was going to ask, is, do you think Vernon ended up being a better father to Dudley than Harry was to his children? I would say yes, just because Ooh. I would say Vernon. Well, first of all, I disagree with the cursed child's represent. Like, I just don't think that's the dad Harry ends up being. But if we're going yeah. cursed child Harry versus Vernon in the books, I would say yes, because Vernon's trying his hardest to be a good dad. And right. Harry, Harry's in the way of messing that up, actually. Yeah, Harry's like not being, he's just not bringing his A game. Harry's, Harry's F game, which is what we're getting in cursed child is similar to Vernon's A game. Maybe we're getting Vernon's B game because he's not like listening to the people around him. That could be constructively critical. But I would say that the other thing Vernon does better than Harry, I mean, Vernon's also, is well, is Ver Vernon a better husband than Harry? Because Vernon is kind of a bully That's to Petunia, fine. but Harry is a little bit neglectful to Ginny. So you got both dynamics in play. I would say that Harry's a little better of a husband because being neglectful isn't as bad as being like a bully. But mm -hmm. then with Vernon and Dudley, I think Vernon's trying to do his best with the Vernon would have benefited a lot from parenting literature, whereas Harry would have read it and it would have went in one ear and out the other. So that's why I'm going to give the edge to Vernon. That's a real father right there. Just broke it down for you right there. No <laughs> positive, y'all. <laughs> You whoa, you got deep in that one, dog. Well, I just think that um, you got to give the benefit of the doubt to Vernon because he's trying his hardest. So it's like if he had better. Also, Vernon's whole thing is trying to be as normal as possible. Right. So like, yo, I didn't ask for this, dog. Yeah, and with with Dudley, he's gonna get Dudley to productive citizenship eventually even if Dudley is like an asshole middle management guy or whatever, you know? And Dudley, I think at his heart, is actually a good kid. You know yeah, what I mean? I Dudley's, think Dudley's pure evil. I think Dudley's um, complicated. I apologize scared. for talking on air with my mouth full, by the way. If I'm chewing in y'all ears, feel free to yell at me. Well, think about how scary it will be for Dudley. Like, he takes all of his friends to a birthday party and a snake attacks him in his own mind, you know? Yeah. And 
his parents are so terrified of his half brother all or his his cousin Mm -hmm. at all times like it's just a weird dynamic oh wow right because a wizard killed harry's parents yeah and And now you talking about you gonna learn some magic and the most dangerous wizard in the world is after them yeah yeah oh man okay so question for the people that listen to the part of it and i'm we may have no i don't think we've ever asked this before considering what will just said about everything vernon dursley had to learn about harry and the circumstances and knowing what happened do you think he was kind of justified for being how he was and when I say justified, I don't mean right. I mean, can you find yourself within a reasonable doubt that he should have been kind of like this? Because I can totally now see somebody with that personality, with that backstory and that history with Harry's family, completely being how that guy is. Yeah. Completely. You see it no, all the time sense. with um, that type of relationships. Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say it completely makes sense why Vernon is how he is when you think about his motivations. Um, Petunia, it's a little bit even more tragic because you can see how she would be different. She was a stronger person, but she's a little bit beaten down by her situation. Um, Voldemort also completely makes sense when you think about the environment that he grew up in which leads me to my next question, which has to do with Voldemort's parents. Mm-hmm. Which parent do you blame more for Voldemort's situation? Max, you want to start this one between Voldemort's dad, uh, Tom Riddle Sr. And, well, I already know my answer. And how come Tom Marvolo Riddle, how come there was no junior that he had to incorporate when he did like the work? And that's an underrated Voldemort too, is book two books Voldemort is a way underrated... Tom Riddle is a way underrated. That's my second favorite Voldemort in the whole series. He's a, he's right up there. He's right up there because second book Tom Riddle was this close. Yeah, you know, like young Tom that guy's Riddle got his whole soul. <laughs> well, minus the moaning Myrtle part. Young Tom Riddle probably had the courage that older Tom Riddle lost because he hadn't died yet. Yeah. I think young Tom Riddle would be disappointed in old Tom Riddle, but Max, so which parent do you uh, do you blame more? Um, well, didn't his mom? Uh, she's the one that was like the witch that like used the love potion. To, yeah, like, yeah, she was. She's dad. out here date raping. Uh, yeah, so probably her. She yeah. probably she probably created a situation nobody wanted. So it kind of is her fault. That I still think I blame the dad more. I what still did, think I what blame did the dad. dad. Do? He didn't get in his kid's life in any capacity. Like That's because I, he can't. Why not? You get love like that through love potion. Whatever comes to that is going to be null and void. Yeah, but like, okay. The love potion, so he doesn't love the mom. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean he can't love the kid. But I think, bro, I think that spoils the whole thing. Because imagine you don't love the mom. Now you got a kid from a lady you didn't want. Would you want the kid? What well, what, what relationship if, have you seen as a grown adult that's married with other people? What other person you know that has that situation is in a good mood? No, that's a great point. But And they I, didn't take a drug that makes you hate the person that did it to you. Well, 
look, if you're in a coma and you mm-hmm. wake up from your coma and you find out that somebody harvested your sperm and now you got a kid, mm-hmm. I still think you would be like, okay, I'll meet the kid. <laughs> yeah, see, but if I wake up, if I wake up out of a coma, I'm waking up out of a coma. I'm excited to see everything. Yeah. If I got to live with this thing that I hate, it's only going to get more hate. But he's got a butler too. Like he could have outsourced some of the parenting responsibilities. I think Voldemort's mom cursed him. I think yeah. she scarred him the way he scarred Harry. Interesting. And yeah. I think it was done. It's funny. Harry's mom did it for loving Harry, and, and Harry got scarred. Voldemort's mom loved somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Not Voldemort. Love someone else. And that's how he got scarred. Yeah, he got scarred on the inside because mm-hmm. his mom loved someone else. His mom loved somebody else more than him. His mother his mother killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Lily and Lily loved nobody more than Harry. Okay. I, I see how my point of view is gonna be very hard to defend that it's more mm-hmm. the dad's fault that it's Voldemort, even though because the mom just did all the bad stuff. But I still think, like, okay, once the mom's dead, dad can swoop in now and be like, hey. How? I hate that. everything that this lady is involved in. I hate the sweaters that she wears. But she's gone. Now you just, you get to no, do the whole. she still gave the love potion. So it's not like that love potion went anywhere. Yeah, but I'm saying, here's what I'm saying. All After right. Voldemort's yes, mom. Yes, explain after Voldemort's mom passes away, okay, mm-hmm. she commits suicide because Tom Riddle doesn't like her. Tom mm-hmm. Riddle, he gets the call on his phone, hey, Voldemort's mom just died, but there's a kid at a local orphanage that's yours named Tom Marvolo Riddle Jr. Now he gets to swoop in, do the whole Pursuit of Happiness movie, Will and Jaden Smith, but with the Marvolo Riddles. And, Let me uh, tell you something. Will Posman is one of the most intelligent human beings around, okay? And the man could whip up a Harry Potter tangent like nobody else, right? This is one time where I'm going to say, what the hell are you talking about, man? Again, think about it in the way of everything that sprouts from that woman, this man hates everything. Yeah. So because... Again, it's all in how it's born, right? Because it was born of such ill nature, it's never going to change. I don't know, unless we find out that, excuse me, unless we find out that love potion wears off after the person that was in love with you dies, then it would make sense why he still stayed away. I still hate her and everything connected to her. And he's still connected to her. Got it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I never wanted this lady. She date raped me into even being here. Yeah, And it's that whole dichotomy, too, is sometimes, you know, you might be forced in a situation that wasn't your situation to be forced into. You never asked for that. And in order to avoid that trauma all over, you don't associate with any of that because it was unfair to you in the first place. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to cross a line right here to try Mm -hmm. to make this point. Go for it, man, because there's some there's some people that probably feel that way. So if, if this offends anybody at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it, but it's for fun. Whatever. Mm-hmm. If I was gonna go, what man? Not fun. Ever... Conversation sake. Re say that. We want to. We want you to be able to 
stay stay around. So re-say that. What that uh this is for fun. If it offends you, whatever. Yeah, oh, you gotta say fun. just for argument's sake. Yeah, this is for argument's sake. If I'm gonna try to find a real person who's been Tom Riddled in life, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go with Drake. <laughs> Not at all. You don't think Not that Drake if Drake gonna, loves his kid. He yeah, hates but that's what I'm saying. Feet. Drake, Tom Riddle could have that kid could have been Adonis Grant instead no, of Voldemort. It could have been Adonis you're, Grant. You're missing. You're missing one key ingredient, brother, and that's that Drake had feelings of some sort for this girl. Tom Riddle didn't notice, but he didn't want this lady. I heard that the Adonis's mom is just a. A Quebecie with a love potion. <laughs> what, whatever it was, I can assure you, it wasn't what happened to Tom Riddle. You know what I mean? Yeah, Tom Riddle it's not guy. exactly the same. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not close, man. And because it was so ill wrought, that I, I'm telling you, I think that's what it is with love potion. I think when you get married or get you can join like that, it just can't be real. It's destined to shatter. Yeah. And I think that, this is just one of those extreme situations where it shattered and you had a person go, I don't even think they made the decision. That's the sad part. I think the mom took away that decision from both of them. No, I think he you're right. never know love because of how he was planted. Do you, I'm looking up right now if there's any other mentions of love potions in Harry Potter. Like if any other characters used a love potion... You know what you should look up? Look up um the side effects of being married with Love Potion and Harry Potter, something like that. Okay. Or like how marriages on Love Potion, how do they end? Now, it does say apparently that when Harry smelled the Love Potion, he could smell like hints of Ginny, which to me is corny, but whatever. <laughs> and again, it's just really weird because then that would mean they've been in love the whole time. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. and I feel like they should have found each other. It shouldn't have been that lateral. Yeah. They both should have had a lot more experience. Harry's the... Yo, Harry was already the chosen one, bro, and then he saved the world, and then he got married. What? Apparently, there's a theory that Ginny slipped Harry a love potion in Half-Blood Prince at some Oh, point. and that's why they married your shit? Yeah, which would go against your theory of people... Staying mad, but it is a fan theory, and uh, oh, okay, people have basically shut it down and said, you know, Jenny, but yeah, I'm putting, that, I'm putting that on Mom Duke's uh, for me, you know, I think it was her fault, and I can understand what you're saying to a point, right? Because you're saying, and you're even speaking as, as a father of so for you folks that might not understand all the way. Will himself is that. So the idea, because you you now know your kid, right? The yeah. idea of being away from your kid is bonkers to you, right? And that's something that makes absolutely no sense. It can't be justified. You would do everything in your power to make sure that didn't happen. The thing about it, though, in this case, your daughter was born, conceived, and everything else in a loving relationship, as opposed to Voldemort's son, father, Tom Riddle Sr., he hated whatever happened to him, and it was doomed to begin with. 
Yeah. You know, it's that sad real life scenario sometimes that some people even have to feel in different types of different types of ways um, and circumstances. But some people make that decision of I don't want to deal with you. You're a product. You're a product of that terrible um, situation that I went through, you know, and only one person put both of these people in that situation. So, um, yes, it's going to be. With three exclamation points, I think the mom was dead wrong. I think um, she took the choice away from both Tom Ravallo riddles. And it's sad because she couldn't get the Tom Ravallo riddle that she loved. And then she destroyed the Tom Ravallo riddle that she didn't love. That bitch cold, bro. Yeah. She it's, cold. She might be worse. She might be worse than Umbridge, man. Yeah. I mean, you could, you, the one thing though with her is that we see how much she suffers. Like mm-hmm. with Umbridge, we assume that Umbridge's childhood was like pretty fun, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. we don't give her the benefit of the doubt in the same way. Here's something else, right? I was just about to say that Voldemort's mom, for all intents and purposes, should be the biggest villain in Harry Potter. But think about how it all started out of love. So it's that really weird Again, coming back to that circle when it comes to Voldemort, how things can start with good intentions and then end up so bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? You look at what happened when Cedric Diggory, a character that we all thought after he died was a scrupulous character with um, good morals. Once he loses, he kills Neville. There's also fan theory that uh, that Marope Gaunt, which is Voldemort's mother's name, uh, that mm-hmm. like her brother and father were molesting her because that's the okay. whole idea of like why why did they live in this muggle town and then they lived in a town where they were the only magical people, people but then they kept themselves separate and apart from all the magical people the idea is that maybe that's and that would explain why she so wanted out of her household that she was willing to love potion i tell you else. what Boy, the fans, y'all are extreme, dog. Y'all can go <laughs> deep. No, that's a heck of a that's a heck of a theory. I would say um I could see that. And also I could see it not being all that drastic. I could see it just being that their family was ostracized because the Gaunts particularly are pretty unruly, you know, yeah. and they're into some weird devious shit, if I'm not mistaken. So because of those reasons, I could see them being ostracized and ousted depending on the political views of bro it's just like living in this time and that's what's crazy like Voldemort I think is what what we get when we become the thing that we hate right so you look at right now and I'm talking about all of us Mm -hmm. everybody has somehow become the thing that they were complaining about four years ago yeah you notice that where it's like we were all supposed to become when when Things were making sense. We were all supposed to be more tolerant. We were supposed to listen to each other and all that stuff. And none of that happened. The people that were championing, like the champions of, oh, we should listen to each other, became the people that were like, no, you shut up. Then the people that were like, you shut up, was like, nobody's listening to us. And then we get people like, you get people that are radicalized, dog. You know what I'm saying? And I think now with, um, especially being in December now with the hindsight that we have being, being through the Trump presidency and just all the stuff socially, it's crazy how 
how close J.K. Rowling's story is still hitting to mm-hmm. something like this. That even as we're talking about Voldemort and his and diving deep into his psyche, dog, he's like a lot of these kids. Yeah. When you're when you have when you have that rot that rottenness at home and you can't get love, you can't understand that. And the sad part is that's what a lot of us are becoming. Just a bunch of echo chambers. Whatever the emotion is. Yeah, well, you only me, know how to hear the prattlings that you agree with. To me, the two groups that I see, like on the battlefields mm-hmm. in wherever, in like Kenosha or wherever, there's chaos and violence. It's like you got the Harry Potters and mm-hmm. you got the Barty Crouch Juniors, and it's really like they're both flawed. One group is way more flawed than the other. Like you can't Absolutely. pretend there's equivalency, but what you can say is that. There is infrastructure, like Harry, the problem with his infrastructure is that he's a 14-year-old kid having to figure out everything for himself. And luckily he's a pretty good kid and he's got pretty good friends and he cares about people inherently. And even though he has chaos around him, he has Hagrid, he has a couple adults here and there, Hagrid, Sirius, McGonagall, he's able to piece it together and figure everything out. Harry knows that he's loved, or at least he got to find out. Voldemort. Barty Crouch Jr., only loved by his mother, mm-hmm. has outside of that, has all the same chaos Harry has, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have as good instincts in regards to like empathy and that kind of stuff, yeah. but he does have a Malfoy. lot of talent. Yeah, Malfoy, Malfoy too. And then you have nature versus nurture when you look at people like um you look at people like Crab and Goyle, you know what I'm saying? Then you look at Malfoy. To where it's like Malfoy's nature isn't to be a bad kid. You can tell that because when they start reacting to kill people, who for all intents and purposes, yo, we in a war, we're here to kill. Malfoy wasn't with that. Yeah. All that talk that he had for Harry, all that, oh, I hope this and that and third, you didn't have the stomach to see it happen, dogs. That wasn't really you. And that's why I lean more towards Barty Crouch Jr. because I think Mm -hmm. his nature is to be a bad person but that's because of the role that his dad plays in it, where it's I, like I, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that with Voldemort, it's he's really the cursed child, dog. He's the cursed mm-hmm. child. No, You're sincerely, right. he he never had a chance. And again, it goes. It takes me back to my biggest thing about that character is that he doesn't have anything that can make him someone you can empathize with. My opinion on that has changed. My yeah. opinion on that has changed. I actually think you can empathize with Voldemort a lot, but you have to do a lot of, you have to forget about a lot, right? Because when you understand cool. it, he's, yeah, he's damaged, dog. He's yeah. damaged. And for all intents and purposes, there's a lot of people just like that that we don't ever talk about. I'll give you an example. And this is just something that I've been thinking of in general. So you know how whenever things were, back on we had the mass shootings and things that we have and we only ever talk about the people that get hurt or passed or pass away when those things happen we never really talk about the people that were in the classroom or that went to the store with the person and saw them get blown to pieces right next to them right those people had to see that and they had to live with that shit and that stuff affects people Voldemort had to live knowing that he never knew love and he had to live knowing that no matter what he tried, because that wasn't his fault. No matter what he tried, it wasn't going to work. 
and then only to end up in a system that that'll make those types of problems way worse. Yeah. Deep character. So because of that, I'm a I'm gonna change my opinion on what I said earlier. Actually, I think J.K. Rowling did um we did a good enough job of having a good conversation <laughs> that I've now come to see some some things in that character that can make me go, I can understand why you turned out this way. And it's not a hundred percent your fault. But it's sad that now you think that he never had a choice in the matter. Do you think do you think Voldemort had a choice in the matter? Or was it destined to be over from how it started? I, I would agree with you that he didn't really have a choice, that he was too damaged. Um and then the question becomes, well, what do you do with a guy like that who's eight years old and he's already willing right. to kill others just to alleviate his boredom, basically. Well, now, also think about this, but whose fault is that? Because, again, just like kids don't ask to be here, he didn't ask for that. Yeah. So that takes this character that, at the start of this episode, I swear to God, I had as being a very um, either black or white character, right? And now he's a really great character. And I think, I think that means we did conversation the right way tonight, gentlemen. <laughs> Kudos to everyone. <laughs> yeah. What else we got on um, Voldemort? So we got one more Voldemort question, and then we we also have a uh, a Max produced segment. Heck yeah! On, uh, the one, which one do you want to do first? Do you want to do finish up Voldemort or come Let's back? Let's finish to up Voldemort and then jump into uh, what Big Max has to say. All right. So uh, our last Voldemort question is: What do we think would happen if Voldemort had a love potion? If he had a love potion. Like, if he consumed a love potion, what happens? Absolutely nothing. Okay, so he's just not affected at all? Or is he just, not like, coked up? He's not, like, souped up on it? He's just... I he doesn't he love himself yo, more? Who, who put, who put like, who put Skittles in my water, fam? I don't drink lean. What the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> what do you think Voldemort feels when he hears a love song? Do you think he's just like, this is ridiculous? He's just way. like, turn this off. And what is it? <laughs> yeah. It's probably it's, like um like background noise, white noise to him. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense to him. What about when he sees Bellatrix loving him? He's just like, Yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. I'll use it, but it's ridiculous. I I think yeah. Yep, that. Just that. Yeah. I, I think, think so, man. You know what I, I think maybe is a thing is on some level, that's why I think he finds Barty Crouch Jr. expendable. I think on some level, he respects people like Pettigrew and Malfoy and Snape who are using him more than he respects people like Bellatrix and Barty Crouch Jr. who love him. I don't know. I don't think so. I think no. he respects I think he Results. respects dominance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he's only ever had to be selfish. So a selfish person only has to care about their goals. If you do what I need you to do for my goals, we're cool. As soon as you do anything against that, you you gotta die. Yeah. Look at Snape. Snape Snape still wasn't found out when Voldemort rolled up on him. You know what I'm saying? Snape was still, for all intents and purposes, a good soldier. Yeah. Like you said earlier, he had no care for them. So, yeah, no, that it really is a shame too. If you ne 
Like, I've never even thought about how epic it would have been to see Snape fight for good at the Battle of Hogwarts. Just like... Question for you. Yeah. And did we ever find out... Why didn't Voldemort have any Death Eaters that, like, went to school with him? I mean, that were in his class. Like, why weren't those the first Death Eaters? Did they get killed in a previous war? Like, That's a great question. I think that that is what happened, is that a lot of them got killed in well so two things so when Voldemort leaves school he goes to work for rich people in their homes and he works for Borgen and sell out yeah no Voldemort (laughs) never cared about the little guy but uh so he loses touch with a bunch of his friends from the slug club who all thought he was going to be like the next minister of magic and whatever and then he resurfaces in a creepy way with a fake name and all that hold, stuff. Hold on, hold on. So again, he was just surrounded by terrible people. He, they even left them because he wouldn't become the minister of magic. Was that no, because he wasn't No, he ducked out on them. They oh, okay, all I got you. they all loved him. Like he mm-hmm. was he was I guess the coolest kid in school when he was there. Also, he was like apparently very handsome and everything, you know? He was beloved at uh, at Hogwarts. It must have been a weird dynamic in regards to that because I think he's like mainly asexual, but I think that he will wow, fuck. Yeah, because the ladies love them. Yeah, but he'll also he'll fuck just to push his own agenda because he fucks Bellatrix. He's probably fucking at Hogwarts just to make himself seem cooler to the nice. other people so they can admire him more, but he's not into it, you know? <laughs> Weird dynamic there. <laughs> he's an odd dude, fam. Yeah. He's an odd dude. And it's it's crazy how him being a ravenous murderer is the thing that makes the most sense about him. Yeah, like the whole time before he was committing murders, it's like just watching a guy sit in traffic. Like he's not pursuing his car. Well, at least when he starts murdering, you go... Finally, the movie's starting. Like, this Hilariously is Hilariously sad. <laughs> Bro, they should check out um, our friend, friend of the Potterhood pod podcast, Justin. They just posted a um, new video on Barstokes Media, so y'all make sure y'all go check that out. I think it's episode 10 of their um, series that they're doing. Cool. And I think y'all should check that, fam. It's really, really solid. The last time I checked it out, they were talking about Voldemort and everything that he did in the meantime, in between time, after Hogwarts. And it's really compelling. So y'all check that out and tell them the pot of hood sent you. Cool. Great. Let's go to let's go to the one Jewish kid at Hogwarts. Max, take let's it Let's do it. Okay. So this is a little deep dive into Anthony Goldstein, the, yeah. the Jewish kid with one line and seven books. Uh, <laughs> I believe someone can check me on this. But I'm Wait, he made sure- that he made that line last all seven books like Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says when uh, Harry Potter uh, and uh, Ron and Hermione all like sneak back into Hogwarts uh, at the end of the seventh book, they come in through like behind a painting, and then uh, there's just a line that's like, "Harry, you're back!" exclaimed Anthony Goldstein, and it's like <laughs> the only time I think he's referenced. Um, it feels <laughs> like J.K. Rowling got to uh, the end of the book and was like, oh, I forgot to put a Jew in this and just kind of like <laughs> threw it in the last minute. Um, she had a checklist. All right, I got one in Kingsley. Hmm. I got one well, the, Moody. The, part, hmm. the Patils are Muslim, right? I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know. This is, uh, is we, it, can do a, we can do a deep dive on them. This is, this is Anthony And Goldstein. I think Cho is Buddhist. 
I'm okay. pretty sure Cho's Buddhist. So, we gonna have to edit both of those out. <laughs> why? I'm just trying to. No, no. I think that she did represent everybody except the Jews. That's what I'm saying. Oh, true, true indeed. I don't know. I'm I'm looking it up. Is Parvati Patil? I think they got to be either Muslim or. Well, Max, here's how we're gonna do this, bro. If it comes back that there's no results on that, we editing <laughs> that shit out. Okay, okay fair enough. Let All me. Right. Sounds good. Let me look this up. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, I don't think he was in any of the movies. If you go to his uh, like uh, Potter Wiki page, mm-hmm. uh, the photo that they use is from one of the video games. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's what J.K. Rowling told him it was too. Yeah, Who was that? Oh, he was in the video game on PlayStation. I guess. Yeah, yeah, he was on. You could play with him on like the Wii. He wasn't. He was in Dumbledore's army though. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, or whatever that works. And he was also part of like the the Dumbledore's Battle. army revamped in the seventh book. Well, he you was... know what? Put some respect on Mr. Goldstein's name. Yeah, he was in it. He he fought yeah. in the Battle of Hogwarts. He fought um I think on the bridge. Yo, and that would be so cool. He if fought they in the Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah, he so... fought in the Battle of Hogwarts. Um he's a Ravenclaw. Um mm-hmm. and um yeah. You know, that's nice. uh, so, not much about him, but I think it's. Uh, I think let, it's me, let me let, let me piggyback off that for a second. So that that's something that I think would actually be really dope. And you guys find me on Instagram. Let let me know what you think. I want to know if you think um, they should go back and like just show us certain scenes that probably were B roll of like certain duels that happened because that's the one. Part. I wouldn't have minded the movie going thirty extra minutes if I could have got to see the fights. Like more dueling turning. Yeah turning desks into like spikes and stepping on people. Come on. That would have been, that would have been amazing. No, yeah. for sure. More dueling would have been, uh, would have been, but I, I would have liked to see him. I wonder what kind of spells he's using at the battle of Hogwarts. Yeah. Well, I want to know <laughs> if he has any issues with like the green gods goblins. If he's just like, what, what is it? <laughs> yeah. Like, do they have to look? That's that's so funny. That's so funny. Y'all are crazy, fam. <laughs> um, but he, uh, there's really, there's not much about him. But he's an interesting well, guy. He, he wasn't a coward. I'll tell you that. He and he survived. He survived. He has a child. Um, he, uh, he went. He he brought someone to the Yule Ball. Uh, yo, Ma- J.K. Rowling. Brocklehurst. Imagine having to go back and write these things for every miscellaneous character that you ever wrote a line for. Yeah. How yeah, tedious no. must that be? Uh, yes, and this one had a family. Uh, he... Stories for these, etc. I think that she did a lot of it on the front end, though. I think she was like mm-hmm. really, really good about that. So 100%. I couldn't... It doesn't say... What religion uh, that the Patils were, which really mm-hmm. disappoints me because I really wanted them to represent some group. And th- mm-hmm. the reason it also disappoints me. Okay, cool, is- Max. Hold on, wait, Will. You're going to say this part, and then I'm going to let Max cut all that shit out. Okay. That Will said. So the reason it disappoints me is because they list Badia Ali as a Ravenclaw, as mm-hmm. a Muslim from. Harry's year. She was the Muslim that was in Harry's grade. So they got one Muslim and one Jew 
And it's mm-hmm. like they could have just made the Patils Muslim and had two Muslims and had them being like actual characters who affected the plot. You know what I mean? Instead of just 100%. having like and this is what J.K. Rowling on sir. I was just trying to kill Baltimore, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get there, bro. I wasn't thinking about all your <laughs> who you worship, how you worship. That's true. just trying to kill a flying wizard. And none of the none of the teachers were like religious. They should have had the one religious teacher. That would that would have been, been nice. Yeah, it'd be an now, interesting. See, we can keep that part in that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that would have been an interesting dynamic. I want to know what that looks like. Like a a wizard or a witch who's incredibly religious. Like I wonder what Neville's grandmother's like. Well, I, I I remember when we first started this podcast, and I started to write like little sketches for us, and we. Well, I should re get. I should get back into that too. But yeah. I started writing those sketches, and I wrote um, Neville's grandmother is like the wildy old lady that loves to play cards. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she has the pigeon on her head, and people think she's crazy. It's like, no, she's probably just committed herself to having a good time. Think about her life. Her kid is locked up in uh, St. Mungo's, going through God knows what because of what uh, Bellatrix Strange did to him. Her grandkid is out still trying his best, though, trying to be a good person that's happy about the world, or at least helping the world. So I think at her age, she would be the exact opposite of Professor McGonagall. Like, she's out at Wizard Vegas every weekend. Yeah. You know okay, I like Spending that. the money that they don't really have. Yeah. And then she has to, at some point, go to Neville to make it right. And mm-hmm. he, gets to, he gets to really have his moment with her. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. You know what? Have we done? We haven't done Neville yet, have we? Like a deep dive in that cat? No, we we got to. Let, let's do let's do Neville and let's do um hmm, let's do Trelawney. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's, let Let's save episodes for those two because I think Professor Trelawney was one of the most interesting ones, especially when you consider. They kind of made her expendable when she was the most important wizard or witch for what happened in their world. Like without her, y'all wouldn't have been able to get rid of Voldemort because he would have just smited y'all because y'all would have had no way of finding anything out about the Poneglyphs if not for Harry. In a weird way too, Trelawney would have been the teacher that Harry could have most related to because Trelawney grew up in her grandparents. She had either a grandfather or grandmother who was this great uh, fortune teller. Mm -hmm. And she grew up in that person's shadow, just kind of the same way that Harry had to grow up in James's shadow. Wow, dog. Again, I I wish that there was someone out there, again, maybe maybe we should see if we can get the clearance to do so, that was talented enough to go back and bring out those moments in Hogwarts. Because you got to remember, every school year has a certain amount of days, right? So if there's 180 days in our school year, if there's 70 days in their school year, just write something that would um, describe what those day-to-days were, those relationships with those teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's the sure. one thing where you go, man, JK definitely had to do a move, you know, when they did the books and stuff, she had a goal. But because of that goal, there's a lot we didn't get to see. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that the the thing about that world is it's so deep that she can go out forever with it, and that's you know, it that's the get the gift of being the greatest right there, y'all. 
And that's also why it hurts a little bit when not that it hurts, but that's why it's a bummer when something like Cursed Child gets a little bit mismanaged because you just or even with Fantastic Beasts where you're like, I just want you to zoom out and zoom out and zoom out and everything yeah. will continue to work. Give us more of the story that you gave us and then tell us what happened after. Yeah. All right, let's go to our let's oh, go. I got sword. one more. I got Shoot. one more interesting Anthony Anthony Goldstein thing before we move on. Let it rip. He's a his, Ravenclaw, uh, right? Oh. He's a Ravenclaw, and his Patronus is a reindeer. Is a ah, reindeer? Santa yeah. fam. That's oh why we don't know God. too much about him. Oh, yeah. Man, his cold name. How disappointed is his mother in that Patronus? I know. She, she's like, really? You couldn't have had some biblical animal like a lion or a sheep or a third thing. You think that's Santa Claus's kid? One other. (laughs) That's why he's going house to house. He's trying to find Anthony Goldstein at Hogwarts. You silly. Right, because you can't apparate in the Hogwarts, but Santa don't know that because he don't stay with the mom and she ain't telling him. (laughs) Where do I go? Oh, just take the flu powder and just end up in some (laughs) Santa ain't delivering gifts. He he keeps showing up to people's houses thinking it's his son and going, just keep it. (laughs) You know, Mr. Goldstein can't walk through the mall when they're playing, Uh, oh, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. He probably tips over like a a bunch of like supplements every time he hears that song. Um, here's like, he's also, um, reported he's a, uh, he's a half blood. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we know and, which half's Jewish. I mean, Goldstein. Yeah, we know what that's Jewish. But I was thinking, <laughs> I, my, my instinct was, was she like, oh, well, the Jewish parents, not the wizard, but he is a cousin, Ooh. Joseph Goldstein, Ooh. who's also a wizard. So, oh, hey. so it's the Jewish Goldsteins. Jewish go? dad. Wizard. See, there's the wizard Goldsteins. Nice. Full circle. So last um, question I have before we go into our final sorting. Real quick, your final synopsis of Lord Voldemort. I'll start. Um, one of the most, I was going to say one of the most straightforward characters, but after this talk, I'll say one of the most complicated characters as far as there's a lot of this that ends up not being his fault, but he's responsible for so much. It's not his fault, but the entire world of Harry Potter doesn't exist without him doing things he did, even though they were so ill, you know, it came from such a bad place. Like it was destined to be terrible before it even started. So it makes me, I'm sitting here wondering right now, that archetype of person, right? Because we get to see what that archetype looks like at an extreme when it's powerful, when it can manipulate. But I wonder what that same personality is like when it's missing love like Voldemort is. I wonder what it's like when it's doing what we all do every day, when it's adapting. You know what I'm saying? I want to know what it looks like because to know that that type of um, energy could be out there just existing and adapting, that's scary. That's like Voldemort in the suit, dog. I don't like it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let my synopsis is that Voldemort is what it looks like when a sociopath is inconsistent. Um, and I think that in media and in TV and stories, we see so many consistent sociopaths who are like sharks just moving forward. And the thing about Voldemort is, even though he doesn't care about anyone else and that's consistent, the thing that varies is his confidence. And right. the way that 
J.K. Rowling does that is so interesting and different. And there's times where it kind of makes me uncomfortable because I prefer the cliche of the of the like pure evil moving forward Voldemort because it's more fun to go against that. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, low self esteem Voldemort is the thing that just gets in my just like bothers me. It just stays with me. Low self esteem Voldemort. Uh, and it just makes me keep thinking about this character. Got you. Max, how about you? Um, yeah, definitely more complex. I think uh, it really does. It, I think it did a good job hammering home that uh, it wasn't that he was just destined to be evil in the way mm-hmm. he is. I think he was screwed up, I think, mostly by his mom. I think his mom had uh, issues that definitely uh, – got exacerbated in him. Um, but if there had been a more, if, uh, yeah, if it's somehow that like, if his dad was just actually with his mom and not like love potioned, he yeah. could have been, um, probably one of the strongest, uh, like wizards, wizards like good wizards. Of you all know time. what probably would have happened though? Dumbledore might've went bad. Mm. Yeah. Cause Dumbledore, one thing about Dumbledore that I think that it's a, it's good that Voldemort existed for the reason that it gave Dumbledore a reason to stay fighting on the good side. Because I think if he would have been challenged from the good side, that he would have went the other way. Yeah. And then teamed up with Grindelwald. Because Voldemort was getting just... Yo, Voldemort was on the path of being just as powerful as Dumbledore. And Dumbledore is, like he said, I'm all about power, bro. I, he don't, you don't keep the Elder Wand for nothing. Yeah. And Dumbledore is so inconsistent, too. I mean, the thing that ends up killing Dumbledore is just, like, yeah. the same remorse. It's he the same thing 20. that killed Tom. Ambition. Yeah. 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 for power. Yeah. So, okay. So, next next week on the podcast, one thing we'll talk about, because it just made me think about this. Who is the most trustworthy character in all of Harry Potter? Because it's not Dumbledore. It's not Voldemort. It's Hagrid. You think Hagrid is just the most trustworthy, hands down? No, of course not. But he's no, but definitely Hagrid's more. a competitor. I think Hagrid. You want to? You want to say Hermione, Hagrid? But there's a, there's a lot of people. I, I think, can think of a couple more trustworthy than um because Bellatrix. If it's for Voldemort, Bellatrix ain't telling nothing. That's true. But I think I'm you tra- can torture her as hard as she tortured anybody, and she you have to kill her. Yeah, I I still think I would pick somebody like Kingsley over somebody like Bellatrix because I think mm-hmm. that you can manipulate Bellatrix. Yes, I, I agree with you on that. She's and so whatever emotional. Whatever gets Kingsley more respect. Yeah. I you think know, I feel I, I feel about Kingsley the way uh, Max feels about homie. <laughs> Anthony Goldstein? Y'all Anthony Goldstein. You only get one. <laughs> I don't like his Patronus. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I think he should bummer. have a different doesn't that bother you, Max? Yeah, no, what, it's weird. What do y'all want it to be? I don't know. Star, bro? Like, what do you want it to be? Uh, yeah, starfish would be dope. A starfish Patronus? If it was, if it was a starfish, that would be dope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a whole oh bunch and by of the way, that's not, a, I'm not, conne- oh, God, I'm not connecting that to anything. I literally just start starfish. I have Maybe. a thing over Maybe there. Maybe a salmon. A salmon? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then, you know, he's constantly trying to, like, fillet his own Patronus. Yeah, a white fish. Pat- it's like a white fish <laughs> spread. 
Y'all yeah, was funny. silly. Hilarious. Oh, man. That's one of the biggest laughs I had all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to talk more about underrated Patronuses. But, yeah, let's go to our last thing because it's right. really important. This will be out on Wednesday the – this will be out Wednesday the 9th. Yes. And what – tell us about what happens on Tuesday. You already talked a little bit about it at the beginning. So, ladies and gentlemen, the part of the podcast, your boy Nico White is releasing a new stand-up special on Tuesday, December eighth. Now, real quick, it's kind of a symbolic thing, right? First of all, I put, threw it up in, into the area uh, a couple of days ago. I let my mom pick what day it was going to come out, right? And she picked the eighth. Eight is already my favorite number, but ironically, eight is also the number of people that were in the classroom that I did stand up for the very first time I did stand up. They got me into comedy. So it's just funny how that worked out. You know what I'm saying? And I did. I recorded a special in a music studio where it's just me and a whole bunch of cameras because of everything going on. We can't have crowds. You know what I'm saying? But I really wanted to get something out that captured my emotions and my jokes and my perspective for everything we've been through right now. The pandemic, where I was and how I felt about it, what it did to my situation, what it did to um, the things that I had on the table. I get real open about that, but I think I do it in a way that, um, I'm proud of this one, man. I think it worked. So if we're sorting dark out, cause that's the title, Nico White dark out. Um, Personally, I put it in. <laughs> I'm gonna let y'all go first. Yeah, but I do have an answer. Okay, I do have an answer. Now, mind you, this is this is for them. It's before they saw it. You know what I'm yeah, I'm saying it's still not out yet. So when we come back on the next episode, I'll ask y'all. We'll sort it again first that time. Okay. Okay. Um, so for me, uh, my first inclination is to go Bobaton because it's the, mm-hmm. it's just like a new format, basically, like to put it in the music studio and, but I think that, uh, I mean, the other thing I just keep going, I think is Gryffindor because it's like Gryffindor. you're you, making a special at one of. One of the it feels like the low points of our ge- of our generation, and it's like it is, and you're titling it how it is. You're not like you're not going, hey, Nico White, stay for the cupcakes. Like it's not that. Yeah. It's like it's diving headfirst into what is plaguing all of us. Yeah, it really it really time. does feel dark outside, dog. Legit. Yeah, that's where that came from. Even during the summertime, like it was just 2020 was a weird year, weird you know. Year. And uh, you um, imagine it. being in that space of feeling like, okay, we're outside until they lock us back down. Yeah, that feeling everybody had is certain, yeah. and you saw it start to happen, like with, right up by the election, where people like, you know what, we don't know what's going to happen, so let's do whatever we can and get it in right now before everything shuts down again. And you're like, yo, things won't have to shut down and go relax a little bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, so that's one for Gryffindor. I appreciate you, brother Max. What you think? Um, I was also going to say Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. I think um, this is not just like uh, an ass kiss. I think it's, I do think that it's um, 
I mean, to just record a comedy special in the middle of this at all, I think is definitely going like up against it. And especially doing it uh, in the way you did, like not in front of an audience. Uh, you didn't try to do like a Zoom special that you did. Um, uh, I think just something very different. Uh, and I think that's, uh, I, think, I think it's just a very uh, Gryffindor, uh, Gryffindor move. Brothers, I appreciate you very much. Now, I shouldn't even be able to do this one, but it's my thing, so I will. I'll sort it into Dermstrang with Gryffindor intentions, right? So one of the reasons I titled it Dark Out is because I'm not, I'm not lying about anything, right? I'm telling you 100% how I feel on certain things, and I'm adding the jokes to it. But the one thing about Durmstrang, that school where it's like it dipped in the dark arts, I don't think Durmstrang is a bad school. I think Durmstrang is misunderstood. I think if you run it the wrong way, it could be terrible. You get someone like Igor Kakarov involved, you get the school that it could end up being with that bad reputation. But I think if you put someone with the right intentions behind a place like that, that, that school could be way better than that, everyone else because it showed you both sides, right? It gives you the light, it gives you the dark. So you can understand, yo, this is what's out here, right? It's not just one way of thinking. The one bit that I have that I'm proud of the most from um, Dark Out, there's a section in there about what I had coming in to 2020 and how those things ended up going, right? And the reason that I'm proud of it is because it's honest and like, I'm not sugarcoating anything. Like I'm not playing it up. Like, Oh, this isn't that bad. Or this was so great. Or I wasn't hurt. It's like, Oh no, you y'all motherfuckers say you like the truth. Well, this is what it was. <laughs> and then here's the joke. You know what I'm saying? So for that reason, I'm going to put it in Durham strength, but ladies and gentlemen, you all feel free to tell me where you would start it. Nico White Dark Out will be available December 8th on YouTube. You can find it by searching Nico White Dark Out on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel when you find it. And if you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, shit, let me know. You know what I'm saying? And send it. If you do like it, I just ask that you send it to 10 people. And last but definitely not least, where can they find y'all? Max, you go first. They can find me on all social media at Max Marcus Comedy, and they can check out my podcast, The Max Cast. I've had Nico and Will both guests on it so far. Hell yeah. Y'all make sure y'all find Max on the socials and check out The Max Cast podcast. Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Will Poznan, and by next episode, we will have a TikTok for the Potterhood podcast, and I'll let there you know you go. the name of that. <laughs> There you go. It's most likely going to be the Potterhood Podcast. Nobody has Potterhood Podcast. So make sure y'all find us on TikTok. We're also on Patreon. And if you want to find me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm on Instagram at NicoWhite93. That's at N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-9-3. Once again, I'm very, very, very excited to say that Tuesday, December 8th, I'll be releasing my new special, Nico White Dark Out, on YouTube. Hope you all get to check it out. I hope you enjoy it. And I'm Nico White. I'm Will Poston. It's the Potterhood Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Will on three. One.
two, three. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed.